welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for Your Entertainment Corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host. Managing editor and writer is Green Geek Doc, Mark Salcedo. Uh, Hi. Hi. Guess what happened? What happened? You can hear Patches eating right now. (laughs) Uh, Also, you weren't checking your levels while you were talking. No, because I checked them. Two seconds before before you started. No, no. Three seconds. Uh, uh. New world record. I had to like threaten you to get you to stop doing that. Doing what? Checking your levels while you were talking. Did you really? I did. I don't remember that. I did. I said, I know fucking karate. <laughs> and you're like, please don't hurt me. That's a, that's, I've never heard that type of karate. Fucking karate. It's crazy. That sounds like fun. I know, right? Here's my dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we get started, uh, Kelsey and I would like to welcome everybody, uh, to the new year and hopefully everybody had a good Christmas. Cause you know, we didn't, we didn't go like, Oh, I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas or Juan, uh, Juanza, Juanza or Hanukkah or whatever. So kind of yeah. want to mention that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal, two E's and real. You can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. If you could please review us on iTunes, and then we'll get noticed. And um, this week, we are doing the news, our recent review of Licorice Pizza, our variety time, which is Everybody's getting COVID. Everybody in the club getting COVID. Everybody in the club getting COVID. That's that's my version of everybody in the club. Ah. Uh, it doesn't ring a bell, huh? Kind of does. Okay. But only like other people doing what you just did with it. Mm-hmm. Not the actual version. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and our geriatric cinematic is Boogie Nights. Came out in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the topic? <laughs> the topic changed from what I said previously, but the topic now is what the fuck is going on in San Fernando Valley? Yeah. I say that because these movies take place in San, Fern- San Fernando Valley. Okay. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Of course you do, because I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> oh, I have a question. I know we already started recording. <laughs> okay. But remember what, what our top, like, one of the things we were going to talk about? You for Boogie Nights near the end? Yeah. Yeah, discussion. Hmm? Okay, well, I was just making sure that was still in. Oh, you know, no. Because you didn't finish watching that. Oh, I don't need to watch. I didn't need to watch that documentary till. I mean. That's what I said. Yeah. You're good. Okay. We're good. Okay, okay. So what's going on in the news? Uh, as recent as... I don't know, a matter of hours before this recording, um, it's been announced that Michael Bay, along with Garth Evans and Patrick Hughes, will team up on a reimagining of Evans' film, The Raid, for Netflix. Uh, sources tell Deadline that um, Evans and Michael Bay are tapping Patrick Hughes to direct this film. 
uh, Michael Bay and XYZ Films are bored to produce Evans, it will be the EP with Range Media Partners. Um, Hughes is set to co-write the script with James Buford. Buford? Beaufort. Beaufort. I like Buford. I'm going to call him Buford. Every time I see him, hey, Buford. <laughs> so I, I wanted to bring this up because um, the Indonesian film, The Raid, is I, I believe that's the movie that got Garth Evans notice in Hollywood. Um, really enjoy that movie. The plot is super thin, but the action's badass. Mm-hmm. I actually really enjoyed the second one. Um, and there has been talks about rebooting this movie for years. Um, I remember at one point Joe Cornerham was going to direct it with like Frank Grillo as the lead, uh, which I would have been down with that. Jo- John uh, Joe Cornerham is a great like action director. Um, What's going to be, uh, let me see. So I believe what's going to be in this version is that uh, Philadelphia's drug-infested Badlands and an, an, an elite undercover DA task force climb a ladder of cartel informants to catch a, a, a elusive kingpin. Also, I'm already getting nervous about this movie. Why? Uh, American remakes of foreign films don't normally translate well. Uh, granted, like I said, plot is very thin, but it's, it loses some of the flair to it. Mm-hmm. And also, this dude, uh, his break, his breakthrough work was The Expendables Three. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, granted, he has uh, Hughes has done like big hits uh, in Hollywood, like The Hitman's Bodyguard and the sequel, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which I heard is not even that good. Um, but yeah, there's this movie coming out with called like The Man from Toronto with Kevin Hart and Woody Harrison. Another movie I'm just like, whatever on. <laughs> you know, I, I would actually, like I said, Joe Cornahan directing this, I think would have been a better option. I would have been fine with Michael Bay directing this because it's this ridiculous, stupid action. And that's what Michael Bay is known for. This dude, I'm, I'm just not a fan of his, of his style of, of filmmaking. It just seems, it seems very meh. Yeah. You know. Like, like even the names. I'm really not a fan of Kevin Hart in movies. Why not? You don't think it's funny? You don't think it's hilarious? No. No, he's, he's not. A, really. He's a cheap joke. He just he's just the dumb person all the time. Okay, so this is this is gonna be a little sidetrack. Um, have you seen anything by Cat Williams? No. Okay, because I was gonna ask you like, who do you prefer, Cat Williams or, or Kevin Hart? And um, the reason I bring that up is because there's there's kind of bickering between the two. Kevin Hart is obviously more successful than Cat Williams, but I think even though I'm not a huge fan of Cat Williams stand up, I do recognize he's funnier than Kevin Hart because Kevin Hart kind of does this thing where he does a joke and he's like, "Eh? funny, right? Eh?" (laughs) Like that kind of thing. I I will tell you, because you know how I'm good at reading people. Mm -hmm. Then anytime I've seen Cat Williams... Because I haven't seen him perform, but I've seen mm-hmm. him, like, I don't know, talking. Yeah. He seems realer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some of the shit he says is kind of, like, bonkers. Like, he's kind of a conspiracy theorist. Like, off-color, maybe? Yeah, yeah. But, like, for all intents and purposes, like, the dude is still funny. I yeah. actually liked his his character in Atlanta. He played, uh, I think he played, like, Donald Glover's, like, uncle. Mm. One, one of the guys, maybe Paperboy's uncle, but like the fact that he had like an alligator in his bathtub, which is like, what the fuck? Oh, so I saw him in that episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, so that's it for that news. And what, yeah, it was, he had, what, there was like a woman too? Like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, there was like a woman involved. Like police were gonna gonna get called and shit like that. You know, obviously the plot of the raid. You know, yeah, <laughs> starring definitely. starring Cat Williams and Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that's that's it for this. Story. There's no word on when the film's gonna be in production, released, or anything like that. But it's it's Netflix wants it, and they're gonna they're gonna make it. Yay. Um, HBO Max's Batman Camp Crusader animated series is going to add Ed Brubaker as head writer. Um, Hollywood Reporter was reporting, because that's what they do. They report. It's in their name. Mm. <laughs> um, It'd be totally weird if they were baking bread. <laughs> so HBO Max and Cartoon Network are going to... Um, do this together so cartoon network is involved mm-hmm. um so the comic writer in case you didn't know who he was ed brubaker is reportedly with the crew of cape crusader and he's going to be the head writer and executive producer of the 10 episode first season um he's done things on the comic side of gotham uh with batman catwoman and gotham central mm-hmm. um and that's that's just his his DC side. Yeah. Uh, on his Marvel side, he's the one that eventually, he's the one who created the Winter Soldier, which mm-hmm. is arguably one of like Marvel's or the MCU's like best film. So that's like one reason why I care about mm-hmm. this story because yeah. honestly, you're like Ed Brubaker. You want to do this story? I'm like, I don't know who that is. And you <laughs> told me about Winter Soldier. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, he's done work on. Um, and it's, it, this is not his first go ahead in film or television like he's actually done a lot of work uh like he's done work in westworld um like, let me pull up his imdb page uh yeah he's he's written for westworld uh too old to die young uh oh shit he's oh my god he's working on the screenplay for maniac cop oh my god sorry this, that's like a really bad 80 like cheesy film it's but it's so good <laughs> uh what else is he done? i'm trying to see Mm, yeah, too young. To, yeah, too old to die young. Um, it's a Westworld. Let me see, Winter Soldier, which is based off of his work. He's done like a lot of video game work too. But like, I mean, other than that, like as a comic book writer, the dude is fucking great. Yeah. So here's something that he has said. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's something few people know, but the original Batman the animated series was one of the things that made me want to write superhero comics in general, and Batman in particular. Um. If not for what Bruce Tim and all the talented writers and artists did with that show, things like my revamp of Catwoman with Darwin Cook, who worked on BTAS, and Gotham Central with Greg Rucka and Michael Lark would never have happened. So when Bruce Tim offered me the chance to come work on this new reimagining of Batman with him, James Tucker, J.J. Abrams, and Matt Reeves, I jumped at it. I think this is going to be great. We we haven't had um, a Batman show like animated show of that of the caliber of batman the animated series like to this day people still talk about batman the animated series they say it is the best um uh like animated form i remember watching that yeah it's like fuck i'll even like revisit that that anime i loved superman i mean superman spider-man growing up and Mm -hmm. The Batman series, the animated series, beat it out, and that's funny because like it was really um, shown as like oh this is like a kids cartoon and everything. But it was kind of dark though. I remember oh yeah, that. they got some they had some dark ass episodes. Yeah, some really fucked up shit. Um, so, anything uh, else from that? Nope. All right. What's next? Okay, so <laughs> this is this is actually pretty big. Um, 
Viacom, CBS, and Warner Media are exploring the sale of the CW. Uh, the broadcast network, home to shows like Batwoman and Walker. I mean, let's not forget fucking uh the flash the flash that whole arrowverse thing and all that shit uh, is being shopped around by corporate owners via common warner media multiple sources confirmed to the hollywood Re- reporter um it seems like local tv giant nextstar uh, which owns 199 uh, local stations as well as cable channel news news nation and the hill is one of the largest owners of the cw station it's isn't immediately clear whether Viacom or Warner Media plan to sell the entire network or retain a minority stake. This, it, this is another. This is another thing where like that channel changes again. Like, for, like it's. I mean, this, this is like a normal thing. Like you hear about one channel and then eventually it goes away, right? Mm-hmm. But now it hasn't gone. That normally happens now when it comes to, um, like satellite channels or cable channels and stuff like that. That's more often. Than, <laughs> it looks like Patches straight flipped up his uh, his his toy. Okay. Anyway, so like, cause like CW before then it was called the WB. Before that it was like they had like no, it was still WB, and in the WB they had a lot of black centric uh, shows like Steve Harvey Show, The Wayne's Brothers. Uh, I think like Jimmy Fox Show used to be on on wb mm-hmm. and they pushed it all to upn which is called which a lot of people call the uh, underpaid negro show <laughs> oh, i'm sorry the under, underpaid negro channel you know because uh-huh. it and it was it was didn't the, it wasn't uh static shock on those channels too that static shock was on wb yeah or yeah so and then eventually they changed it to cw and now cw like all their shows if you think about it they're all the same they're just coded different like they're just a different paint on it mm-hmm. um this i didn't know Apparently, that channel has not been profitable since its formation in 2006. Like, they've made no money off that channel. Which is really strange. It, that, that's, that's, that's the business of, of things. Like, I think, like, Amazon barely started making a profit, like, two years ago. I know, but they've so been in business claim. less time. They've been together for 16 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh... Like uh, what? What's it looks like? What happened was that okay? So the CW previously had a long-standing output deal with Netflix. Um, they helped series like Riverdale, All American, reach broader audience. Um, that pack in, in 2019, uh, as, t- as Warner Brothers TV, CBS Studios shifted li- library deals to their respective streamers, HBO Max and Paramount Plus. I know there's like a CW streaming service, or like you can watch their shows on on the website. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if anybody really like. I'm assuming people do use it, but like nobody. But like yeah, at the same time like nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So what? What do you? What do you think about this turn of events? I can't say <laughs> exactly everything I'm thinking because it. Remember the news about a sale I told you about recently. Um. No, I don't. I remember. told you about a meeting, and I'm like, oh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'm wondering if those are tied together. Oh yeah, that's right. Holy shit! But I don't know if I can say anything. No, 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 no. That's gonna be like insider information or whatever kind of yeah. bullshit. Um. So yeah, I kind of feel like maybe CBS because CBS is like, like CBS is doing like the channel CBS is doing just fine. Are you sure? Yeah, they got all the Star Trek shows. <laughs> I feel like they're... And Jag. 
what they brought that show back i mean no i'm just i'm just saying like that's that's the running gag like they have jag i used to watch that show i bet you did the woman was really hot oh yeah i ain't denying that (laughs) (laughs) um i don't think they're i mean they're not hurting hurting like but they're not doing the best either no plus like warner warner media uh they had a they had to dump all that money into the HBO Max. Well, I'm, I'm saying together and separately, they're not doing well. Yeah. Like Warner Media, mm. they they still have the ability to work on their shit yeah. separately. Yeah, CBS has the ability to work on their shit separately. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to work on their shit together. Yeah, because they they don't make the same decisions and they both they have different strengths. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and CBS just keeps doing the same, like, churning out the same, like, procedurals and, like, fucking, yeah. you know, government conspiracy, like, mm-hmm. the president is going to get kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> what show is this? And what what know. show is this, is this? When does it come on? And how, how is there, like, 15 seasons behind it already? <laughs> <laughs> and it's all just me going, yeah, I know. the <laughs> president's going to get kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking a whole hour, <laughs> Emmy winning, Golden Globe winning. <laughs> um, yeah, and then like like Warner Warner Brothers and Warner Media, like they have their own thing with HBO Max, which is is doing a lot better now. And then CBS Euphoria, I still love that show. <laughs> and CBS, they're working on Paramount Plus. Like that's like that's that's the thing. Streaming is it, and they're I guess they're just like all right. Well, we don't really need CW or like we can put like all our our Arrowverse or DC universe and just put it on HBO Max. Yeah. Like Titans is there now. Um, and that was like on uh, like that WB streaming service, the D- the DC streaming service. Or oh, whatever. yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure once the sale goes through, if it goes through, you're going to see Flash, you're going to see Arrow, you're going to see, what's that show? Legends of Tomorrow or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to see like that. Just I hated that show. Did you really? Yeah. I, I kind of was getting into it, but I just, I just fell off of it. I liked it for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then it just started getting really fucking annoying. <sighs> One show that needs it really needs to come back, and I'm glad they they brought back the character, but I still didn't watch the show even when they did break back, brought back this particular character. Um, was Constantine? Oh. They had that. They had it for one season on, on NBC. And the actor who played Constantine did such a great job. Everybody was like, "We want more of him," and they brought him in Legends of Tomorrow. But by that time, I was like, I'm not going to watch the show just to watch him. Like, he showed up like season four or season three. I'm like, no, fuck, it. I'm not going to devote my time to this shit now. <laughs> I don't know. Just complain. Old man screaming at the clouds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that anything else? No, that's no. it. All right, what do we got next? Uh, next, we're going to do our recent review of Licorice Pizza. I'm at the call of Mary one day. But her mommy is yelling no, and her daddy has told her to go. Listen, young lady. But her friend is nowhere to be seen. So how'd you become such a hotshot actor? I'm a showman. That's what I'm meant to do. To the seat with the clearest view. Wow, wow, wow. And she's hooked to the silver screen. Do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Sand? Barbara Streisand? Barbara Sand. Sand. Sand, yeah, like sands. Like the ocean, like beaches. Barbara Streisand? <sighs> no, like Streisand. Sand. But the film is a sad thing for. This is Vita, brother. But she's lifted ten times or more. 
Our roads took us here. She could spit in the eyes of fools. You're not my director. Do you really want to see my boobs? Can I touch them? The synopsis is the story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around and going through the treacherous navigation of first love in the San Fernando Valley, 1973. <laughs> <laughs> Directed and written by Paul Thomas Anderson, it stars Cooper Hoffman, Alana Heim, Sean Penn, and Mary Elizabeth Ellis. Uh yeah, licorice pizza. Um, we wanted to love it so much. Yeah, like I'm, I'm always a sucker for a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Like even like like when Phantom Thread was coming out, I was like, you're gonna love this movie. It's gonna be so great. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. And I remember you watched uh, Phantom Thread, and you're like, yeah, it was alright. Wait, what movie was that? That was the one, um, it was the one about the seamstress or the, the fashion designer. Remember, it was based like mm. 1950s or some shit like that? Daniel Day? Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, and you're just like, yeah, that. Right. You said Phantom Threat. It's no, not like Phantom Thread. Thread, yeah. It's yeah. not like you're saying Phantom Threat, and I'm like. Fa- yeah, it's the Phantom Thread. Um. And then once again, with Licorice Pizza, I'm like, all right, it's going to be a great movie. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be wonderful. What's your opinion on it, Kelsey? It- <laughs> exactly. Cat's like, mm. <laughs> uh, I feel like it wants to be an, like pay homage to Hollywood, and it kind of just pays homage to pedos. Oh, damn. You know. Okay. All right. All right. Before we get, before we get into that, before we get into that, what did you think at <laughs> least of the performance? Before we get into the whole pedo discussion. Okay. I don't hate the movie. Mm-hmm. The um, I like the acting mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the way it was directed too because any of these characters on their own could be really fucking annoying, but somehow they pulled it off. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I also kind of like how the characters kind of want something so bad and then they kind of fuck it up and then they realize that what they wanted was kind of superficial and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so, like, I like some of the realism of oh, yeah. where they find themselves. Yeah, it's, it's very, I mean, this is a very coming-of-age story. Even if, like, even though, like, two of the characters, the lead, um, what do you say, Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman, their age difference is like, what about maybe like maybe 10 years or something like that? It still is kind of a coming of age story for both of these characters. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then also, like, I like the Gary Valentine character. Oh, yeah. Because of mm. like how fucking smart he is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like this, like you, you got a sense that like Gary Valentine is always like thinking of like the next, like the next con, the next con, the next, the next scheme, the next type of like business idea he has like mm-hmm. it's like always turning the wheels in his head yeah exactly mm. um i think that's mostly what i had to say about it i think the music was really good too right 
Yeah, yeah, the, the, the soundtrack's dope. Like, I, I almost considered, uh, or I was considering actually like getting the soundtrack on vinyl because like it's it's a it's definitely a great combination. It, it and it doesn't it's not like needle drop or anything like that. It kind of like really gets you in the mood of this uh well It's like music of the time but it's not like necessarily stuff that was so mainstream that it's overplayed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, "Oh yeah, I know this song. Oh yeah, I know this song." You're just like, "Oh no, like this song fits like what's going on, which is like, a, you know, which is the idea of a good soundtrack. It doesn't it's it's good enough to like bring you into the scene, but it doesn't jolt you into the scene. Where you're just like, oh yeah, this pop like fucking uh, this is like a this is like a horrible example. Like, uh, what's that? The suicide, the suicide Squad movie, the David Ayer film. Army it was just of the like, Dead. Army or, or, yeah, or Army of the Dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where like the subtext is like, wow, go over their head and shit. Like yeah. That. Um. All right. So with that being said, like, what do you think of Cooper Hoffman? This is like his first film, like ever. You know, it's funny. I was getting um, the son of the guy who played Tony Soprano. Oh, James Gandolfini? Oh, you're getting them mixed up? No, no, no. I was getting vibes of his son. Oh, okay. Um, from Gary Hoffman. I mean, Cooper I, Hoffman. I think, I think I think the son, I think James Gandolfini's son is Michael Gandolfini. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't know, some of the expressions, I felt like if you wanted to put him in a movie, mm-hmm. like a gangster movie, he probably could pull it off. Cooper Hoffman? Yeah, except he's blonde, but... <laughs> blonde? I thought he was a ginger. Or he's more like a dirty blonde. I think he's dirty blonde, but oh, he's okay. blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoy Cooper Hoffman and in, in Licorice Pizza. Um, his A lot of his mannerisms and the way how he carried himself, I'm just like, holy shit, that's his fucking father. Holy fuck. Like, even like the way, like... Because, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman, he, I mean, let's just admit, he was not a looker, right? He was this big, very pale white guy, blonde hair and everything. But there was something about him that, like, attracted you to him. The way how he, like, carried himself or how he took a role and stuff like that. Like, most of the time, whenever I see Philip Seymour Hoffman in anything, mm-hmm. I'm, I know I'm going to enjoy it. You know, case in point, like, he's, he's in Boogie Nights, you know? Yeah. Um. So I feel that talent is kind of within Cooper Hoffman. It's not like perfected, but you can see like, all right, this kid is possibly going to go. This, this kid's possibly going to go places. Like I would not be surprised if Paul Thomas Anderson put him in another one of his movies. I think he has the energy that his father did. Mm. If I'm going to like just on his own, mm. He can make you feel awkward, but yeah. also drawn in, just like his father did. Yeah. It doesn't feel exactly the same, mm-hmm. but he has the same ability. Yeah, and that's what his character is like really called like is really calling in this movie. He you have to have a reason. No, you don't have to have a reason. He gives you a reason to like like him. To mm-hmm. like wanna be charmed by his smiles or some shit like yeah. that. Um what do you think of Alana Haim? From my she understanding. It reminds I, me of a girl that I grew up with. Yeah, you said that like she kind of looked similar, except like that girl's hair was blonde. Yeah. What if that? What if that actually was Alana Haim? No. Okay. I think her name was Ashley Steppen. Hey, people change their names all the time. Okay. But no, not in this case. This is a, <laughs> that's her name. I didn't believe that's her actual name. <laughs> I know because you know I listen to Sirius XMU and she shows up on there a lot. Not a fan of that band. Me either. I it's it's just it's just not for me. Don't like it. A lot, and some of the music they play is just like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so okay, so what did, what did you think of her in in this role? Um, I thought she was serviceable. Hmm. 
I think, and I'm not, I'm like not trying to sound rude or anything, but the fact that she wasn't exactly pretty kind of was better. Yeah. Like, because she had a level of awkwardness too. Mm -hmm. Like there's a part of her that did not grow up into the age that she is. Mm -hmm. So she was younger than herself. Oh, okay. Um, and so that kind of created a lot of awkwardness where it's, she's, she shouldn't be having that kind of awkwardness because she's too old for it. Oh, I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? But I think yeah. it works well because of who was playing that part. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I... Because she already looks awkward anyway. Yeah. And you tell you the truth, like, because I was very, like, like, meh. Like, it, like, doing it, like... The trailers didn't really show a whole lot of her performing. You know, like, the trailer kind of really sold, like, oh, like, shit, like, shit happens. It has a great soundtrack. You're just seeing people growing up and all that kind of stuff like that. So I really didn't get, like, a vibe from her. I didn't really get a vibe from Cooper Hoffman either. Um, but in this one, I actually really did a, I really did enjoy Alana Haynes' performance. And, like, <laughs> okay, not to sound, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to not sound as much of an asshole. You know she's not a she's not a very attractive woman, right? She's supposed to be like the love interest of this character, right? Mm -hmm. So, but like I was just like I don't see anything about her that's attractive, like on like face wise. You know, I know there's beauty skin deep and all that kind of stuff, um, but as the movie like progressed, I thought okay, I can see why he's why this Cooper Hoffman why Gary is attracted to this character. There is something about her that is awkward and sweet at times. Like mm -hmm. there's a the way when she acts with Sean Penn's character. Mm -hmm. She has this very like dreamy eye look mm -hmm. that she was like sporting, and I was like, okay, I can see why people would be attracted to her. And I I don't know how she is in real life, but if she's able to do that, like to transform to that, and to kind of be like a bitchy character in some parts of the movie, mm -hmm. then I then I was just like, all right, like she's I really liked her performance in this movie That's because what I'm of that saying. combination. Yeah, I like that too, um, mm. and especially. Um, <laughs> I would say that I was never attracted to her at all through the whole entire film, mm -hmm. but I I agree with what you said. I could see why other people would be attracted to her just for that look. Yeah, yeah, and they and I, I when um when Paul Thomas Anderson like casts certain people, he doesn't really cast them like oh they're like like current beautiful hot because some of his movies are like period pieces. They're set in the seventies. They're set in the eighties. They're set in like in a certain era, and I felt that like. Casting her kind of like was perfect for that era. Yeah. Um, especially if it's like kind of angsty kind of stuff, like mm -hmm. what the whole story calls for. Um, in terms of like his directing, there's nothing really like fantastic with Paul Thomas Anderson directing. His thing is more like character driven. Mm -hmm. um, is is how he's able to better direct his cast. Mm -hmm. And with that, I think like his directing with the cast was like really great. Even like some of like. Um, the characters who kind of like pop in mm. and just make like like an impact on the story mm -hmm. and then just disappear disappear like yeah. like like Bradley Cooper showing up yeah. right <laughs> like every time he was on scene I was like holy fuck I <laughs> like, know it was, like nerve wracking <laughs> <laughs> even like Sean Penn's character like you can tell he was like his character was like hamming the fuck out of like out of the scenes and shit like mm -hmm. that or like Tom Waits Tom Waits is like uh. It's like a legendary like musician and shit like that. Or right? the woman who was supposed to, I don't know who she was supposed to be, but she made me think of like an older Lucille Ball. Oh, I know you're talking about I can't remember the actress's name, but legit, 
that was the point. I thought it was her. Like, she's fucking, I don't know, like, what how it is in show business. But, mm-hmm. like, I would say Bridezilla. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but yeah. in show business. Yeah, yeah. And there's, like, uh, I got to find the actress's name. There's, there's like, there's one particular scene. There's an actress. She's an agent. And she's, like, she's, she's like, uh, Gary is trying to, like, get Alana, like, a role. And how the... <laughs> How the agents like, oh, do you know how to ride a horse? Do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do that? Right? And uh-huh. then like Alana's like, yes, yes, I know how to do that. I know, I know karate and <laughs> stuff like that. And there's a scene where like the camera is like on the woman's face, and you just see like that lip shaking, like, you're a fucking firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> like that scene was like fucking amazing. This is this is not a spoiler or anything like that. But it, we're we're talking about it in the vague sense as possible. But that like. That scene was just like, oh my god, I forgot. Like that was also nerve wracking too, because mm-hmm. you're like, oh my god, how's this gonna go? How's it gonna go? Yeah. So the so the character, not the, not the agent, but the one who's like the Lucille Ball type character, that's uh, Christine Ebersol. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so she's supposed to be like the Lucille Ball s uh, character. Um, oh, I can't find because like they have like a lot of like just one names. Was it Kiki Page? No, no, that's not it. Um. What are you I, looking for? I was looking for the actress who who played the agent, who, oh. who was gonna who was gonna get Alana like a, who got Alana a role in, in one of the movies. Uh, I believe it is. Yep, it's Harriet Sans Harriet Sansom Harris. That's the one who played the agent. I loved her. <laughs> but that's the thing. Her her role was so minor, but it was so fucking memorable. Mm. Um. I don't know. Okay, do you do you want to hop into spoilers? Because now it seems like we're starting to lean into it. Mm-hmm. Cue it up. All right, we're cute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna talk about licorice pizzas. Uh, licorice pizzas. Licorice pizza. Uh, in the spoiler section, talk about it in great de- depths. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if you don't want to be spoiled, here's a spoiler bumper right about now. I just want to mention real quick that uh, Pocket just looks funny on the catcher. And Patch is staring at her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um, anything that anything in this movie that sticks out with you in particular, scene-wise, that, would, that really stuck with you? I don't think anything really scene-wise, like... I guess maybe the colors were really cool because mm-hmm. they were definitely of the seventies. No, no, not like not, not not the not the like cinematography. I'm talking about just like a scene, like um, mostly mm-hmm. every time they were trying to get away from Bradley Cooper's character, those stuck out to me. That was one of the most nerve wracking like setups. There was that, and uh-huh. then um, when she fell off the back of the bike of Sean Penn's bike. Oh, when he was gonna do the crazy stunt and shit. Yeah, yeah, like I because she had asked him, like, "Do you really know? Like, do you know my actual name?" Yeah, yeah. And then, like, she ends up falling off the bike, and then mm-hmm. Gary Valentine runs towards her, and like, there's like this whole like two scenes happening at the same time thing mm-hmm. where they're talking and he's checking on her, and then mm-hmm. Sean Penn's character is like 
being an asshole. There are there are a couple of times in this movie where they kind of have like that moment together, like. Um, like for example, like the part where Gary gets arrested by the cops because they think he's like a murderer, mm-hmm. and like when like there's like the whole mix up is clear and everything, how like they hug each other. There's a couple. There's actually a couple of scenes where they do that, where they find each other and they hug each other, and you can tell like oh like sparks are gonna fly and stuff like that. And it's I think it's weird because normally stuff like scenes like that in the movie that normally happens at the end of the movie, yeah, where like the characters got some got into some serious turmoil or something like that and they're like oh now we realize that we love each other and boom and stuff like that and i think it's funny how paul thomas anderson did that because it was like yeah they found each other oh no but they're still pieces of shit like they still fucking hate each other or they're still like <laughs> making each other jealous and shit like that yeah um which i think i think that was really good like within uh for this movie i thought it worked really well i think so too um Okay, so I, you know what I like the most? I want to tell you mm. what I like the most about this movie. Half of the shit that Gary Valentine does, mm-hmm. you don't know if he's telling the truth or not. Oh yeah, and they yeah. never let you know. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's his business, but his mom is his employee. Yeah, or like he's like using his mom as to be the adult the, the, to uh, be the adult be, face of his business exactly to use the adult name and stuff like that yeah but then like if that was true he wouldn't be need to be doing these other businesses but maybe he did because he couldn't keep his mind in one spot like it's weird yeah. you can't tell if he's telling the truth or not yeah 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 he like jumped from like one job to the next to the next and everything like i actually thought no lie i actually thought this movie was just going to be about um the Gary Valentine character kind of like being in Hollywood and, and like trying to make a movie and yeah. And like, like being in the shadow of his father. Like I thought it was going to be a very meta movie and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Right. But it wasn't at all. Like even like the whole aspect of like him being, a uh, being on TV or movies or anything like that. It's like touched upon for maybe like maybe 15, 20 minutes of the movie. And there's like, okay, he's on to the next, to the next plan and shit like that. Yeah. Um, which, you know, kind of gives into what the movie's about, just on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, and then, you know, uh, whether Alana's going to be there or not, it's kind of, like, up to her Mm -hmm. decision, even though she, like, helps him, but he, like, uses that, like, in in a negative way. He he does use her a lot, too. Yeah. But I feel like he uses everybody, and it's kind of hard to tell, I think, even in real life, if someone's using you Mm -hmm. and they appreciate you being around, or they're using you... And they're using everybody else the same way, and you just yeah. believe the lie. Yeah, like, oh, he's not going to do this to me. He loves me. He cares about me or yeah. something like that. Um, which kind of, like, makes you wonder, like, because, you know, at the end of the movie, they end up together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you hear her thoughts where she's like, oh, I love you, Gary. You know, but you don't, you never hear his thoughts at all. Yeah. At all. <laughs> like, so you kind of like, are they going to still be together? Like, like if the movie can continued... An additional 30 minutes, they probably would, like, have broken up or some shit like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like, maybe they'll just be, like, really good friends in their old age. Like, really close. Uh-huh. But, like, you know, love-hate kind of thing. Well, that's the thing. I thought the movie was... Because, like, there's there's a age difference between the two. It's like a 9 to 10-year age difference. Well, how old uh, was he? He was, like, 14? No, he was, like... 15 maybe going on to 16 because there's that part where the cops are taking him in and he's like oh he says like i'm 16 right and yeah but he ended up telling her at one point i'm 14 yeah but that i think that was that was beginning 
at the beginning of the movie because it, it, it's like this movie kind of jumps a lot through time like oh. maybe like i would say this movie probably takes place maybe over like a couple years or something like that mm-hmm. um and like the only thing that like it did okay actually i'm gonna save that for like the pedal discussion okay <laughs> um actually i'll lead up to it okay the movie is kind of solely based on the chemistry between the two what did you think of the chemistry their chemistry works Mm -hmm. um like i don't think i've experienced it but i've seen it only on the screen i guess but i know it exists where like people like each other so much that they can't fucking stand each other Mm -hmm. like it's like the little boy pulling the pigtails yeah and she's like why are you pulling my pigtails? They get into fucking fight, like, blah, 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 but it's because he likes her. Yeah, yeah. And that's what their whole relationship is, and I feel like it actually works. Oh, yeah. Because you totally see them, like, together in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, And they bounce off each other in a really good way, like... Yeah, I think... I actually think the relationship, like... Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't explicitly say it, but, like, I think both of them kind of, like, elevate each other. Mm-hmm. Like, at one point... Well, when we meet the Alana character, she's like a photographer's assistant for like children at, at school and stuff like that. Yeah, for school picture day. Yeah, for school picture day, right? And then like, and then like she starts hanging around with the Gary character, and the Gary character gets into like selling waterbeds, and then Alana gets into it as well, and Alana starts helping him build his business up, and she's the one who's like pushing him like to open up a store, to do all this kind of stuff and everything, and then at one point, um, she like decides to like she wants to do something different she wants to get into politics right and he's bothered by this he doesn't explicitly say it but you can tell he wants to do better he wants to have he wants to make a big success of whatever he's doing Mm -hmm. in a way to try to get her attention and she realized that like the whole the whole political game is full of shit as well Mm -hmm. and that kind of helps her realize like more of who she is and Mm -hmm. how she wants to kind of like She's like, it like helps like reveal, not reveal, like she's like so, uh, what's it called? Like, not scatterbrain, but like clouded or what's it? I can't think of the word, but like when you're just, you're blinded. You're, she's blinded of like how everybody's full of shit. Mm-hmm. And then he like reveals to her, like, yeah, everybody's full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just a matter of who you roll with, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's them kind of like working together, like the whole elevating kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and one thing I thought was funny was mm-hmm. um, when you meet Alana's family, the mm-hmm. very first thing I thought was, wow, they really found some good people to like kind of look like her. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, like, come to find out. No, that's like her whole family. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> that's literally her sisters, her dad, and her mom. Yeah. Like, all right, <laughs> shit, there you go. Um, so then that kind of goes into... Uh, the, okay, so it gets weird because they do cut not kind of well the whole pedal kind of thing mm-hmm. like she's 25 26 he's 15 16 years old like there there are times in the movie where like i like seeing them together but i don't want that relationship to go into pedal territory yeah and like i wish i honestly wish the movie had just ended like they are just really good friends yeah, like and, you want them to be in love with each other, but like in a like a platonic, like yeah. really close, like you're my soulmate 
best friend like yeah yeah exactly but they end up together at the end and you're like fuck i know it's like ew and that's and that's the thing i i don't know i don't know who i don't know if anybody's really called him out on it like i haven't checked out any interviews like hey why'd you do this or whatever but i feel like he maybe did that because it was just kind of of that time where it wasn't really frowned upon as much yeah i think it still was frowned upon but but not not like heavily like how it is now. I think it's different when you think about like the males dating younger girls mm-hmm. and women dating younger boys. Yeah. Like it wasn't I don't think it would have been frowned on at all. Mm-hmm. As far as like, oh that's gross. Mm-hmm. But like I think at that time mm-hmm. people would have looked at her and been like, You're not doing anything with your life yeah and they would have looked at him and been like you you're capable of so much better yeah yeah whereas like if you think about a man and a younger girl like that Mm -hmm. they're like oh this is fine because you know he's gonna teach her experience and she's gonna like grow into her talent or whatever now are you saying this are you saying this as the age are the same but uh, like the age between the characters are same but the roles are reversed Mm mm-hmm I think it's even worse if the roles are reversed. If it's an older man hanging around a young girl like that for so long. In the 70s? I don't think so. Yeah, I think you're... Actually, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Like, in that time, that's what I think people would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, like, later on, people would have been like, oh, that was so bad. Like, it would just be like, ugh, he's grooming her or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, but granted, like, in the sense, like, they're... I mean, just to let you folks know, like, we don't condone pedophilia or anything like that, like no like none of that um and i say this because it's like a statement i want to say and it's not going to be like but none like that um in this movie she doesn't like groom him or anything like that. it's like there's no, there's really there's no real sexual anything between the two it's very questionable mm-hmm. and it's only when they kiss where you're just like okay that's just very wrong now mm-hmm. like it's like kelsey has said you it, it looks it works great if they're just like platonic like partners and stuff like that um I don't know. Maybe actually, maybe he was kind of grooming her. That's what I was thinking. I was, that was the, 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 the. <laughs> that was the next point I was gonna make because yeah. she seemed like there was just a part of her that wasn't gonna develop. She just mm. wasn't developing properly. Mm. So there was always gonna be a part of her that was um easily manipulated by other mm. people. Okay. And so I think she could also recognize the manipulation, but she didn't know what to do about it mm-hmm. because her feelings always overtook everything. Yeah, okay. So she was always in a constant state of like, what am I doing? Oh, I'm going to do this and this feels fine. And then mm-hmm. everything she did was based off of what the other person was doing. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Like how women always follow men around because they don't like being alone. Yeah, you kind of... You kind of get that sense from her. Like, at one point, she, like, starts falling for the, um, it's one of the Safdie, <clears throat> the Safdie brothers. I don't remember which the one. Saf- one of the Safdie brothers? Yeah, one of the Safdie brothers. <clears throat> how that character was, like, a politician. How she was, you can tell she was like, ooh, I really like this guy. He's a politician. He's trying to make a difference, blah, blah, blah. And then she finds out that, like, he's gay. He's, like, living this lie and everything like that. And also how he's probably not very nice to his partner oh yo that scene was so horrible like i 
it, it was whole, it was like heart wrenching to watch that scene because his his boyfriend or whatever he was to him was very like like why are you doing this you know like we can't do, why can't we be together and stuff like that and at the same time the politicians like it's 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 the seventies like this is destro- this destroys people's careers and stuff like that in mm-hmm. politics. So you can kind of be like, oh, I can I can see why he's doing that, but he's really going about it the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I think I'm trying to think what else do I have to say about it. I mean, like I said, it's I, I enjoyed it. I thought it would have. It. I think I don't know how long this movie is. Maybe like a two hours. I think it's like two hours and thirteen minutes. I think they could have shaved off maybe like maybe about twenty minutes with this movie. Probably. Because there were like several times where I was like, okay, this is the end of the movie. Oh, no, we got another 15 minutes. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really get that sense. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I eventually I got to a point where I was just like, I'm done. I, I think I'm just done with this. So of all the shit that they get into, <clears throat> like all these situations, which one is your favorite one? Um, Of all the shit they get into... You mean like all like the cons and scams or whatever he's trying to do and shit? Not just that, but like there's Alana with Sean Penn character and like mm-hmm. how she's going to end up on the end of that bike. Or yeah. like um, there's the Bradley Cooper thing and mm-hmm. then there's also like um, the politician thing with the creepy guy outside. Oh, okay, okay. I would have to say, I think, okay, so I think the, okay, I'm going I'm to have, have two two spots, two categories. The best one where it's them together is the Bradley Cooper scene. Uh-huh. Like, them, like, doing the waterbed and stuff like that and, like, fucking up the bed. And even, like, Bradley Cooper, like, I'll fuck you up. I'll fuck you up. Like, all, like, coked out of his mind and shit like that. Yeah. Right? I enjoy it. The best time where they're, like, butting heads mm. is with the Sean Penn scene. Like, how they're from, they're on different sides of the table. Mm. And she's, like, sticking. Like, it's funny. Her, who's in her mid 20s mm-hmm. is acting very childish like yeah. oh with this guy he's so handsome leaning on his shoulder and then the gary character who's in his like teens is very like no no we're cool we're cool i'll i'll, I'll get her some way i'll get her so like he's very mature about it at the same time mm-hmm. and i like that like they were going like back and forth without actually like really going back and forth with each other yeah what uh which one's your your favorite those exact ones oh really mm-hmm Especially um, the Bradley Cooper one, just because of the the tension. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't run into him one time or two times. You ran into him like three fucking times. Yeah, I know. It was, oh, so it was Benny uh, Sa- Safdie. That's that's the guy. That's the brother, Safdie brother. He played Joel Wash. Yeah. Okay. And the Sean Penn thing. Mm-hmm. That, to me, I thought that... Them on the opposite sides, that was really good. Mm-hmm. But also, it was really annoying at the same time. And I think that's because that's exactly how it was supposed to play. Yeah. Because they're so fucking immature. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is weird, too. With, like, that Sean, that Sean, Sean Penn's performance, like, the way how he's talking to Alana, it's just, you're kind of like, does he even know he's there? Like, it seemed <laughs> like he was, like, like if, like, if almost he was, like, in a completely different movie. But not, like acting wise like his character in his character's head he's in like a movie or some shit well, like because that people do get so full of themselves like that where they're like 
look at this. Watch, watch, watch. I'm going to see. I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how you doing? And, and yeah. she is totally like, I don't know who he is and I don't care. Yeah, but like even like the dialogue when he's talking to Alana, he's like, he's like quoting lines from movies and stuff like that. She's like, what? <laughs> like, is, is this the movie? <laughs> and uh, he never <clears throat> calls her by her real name. No, I think he's calling her like Nancy. He keeps calling her like the character. Well, he called movie. her Nancy because that was the movie he starred in. Yeah. With, um, was it Audrey Hepburn? Yeah, it was Audrey Hepburn, yeah. And so he's like, will you be my Nancy? But then also, like, he kept calling her by the name of the character that she was supposed to play in a role called, like, Rainbow something or something Rainbow. Yeah, so that Rainbow character, um, it's based off of this. That that movie that they're referring to is based off of this movie called Breezy, which uh, Sean Penn is supposed to be either William. Let me see. I think he's either supposed to be William Holden. Jack Holden. Yeah, see, he's Jack Holden, and I think his character is supposed to be based off William Holden and Clint Eastwood. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find that. Yeah, Jack Holden. Um, Okay, so one more thing before we we get out of this. Um, I've heard complaints about this. Um, What did you think about the character, the caricature scene? Like the... Uh, the Jerry Frick character who had the like Japanese or like it had the Asian wife mm-hmm. and how the the woman she's speaking like uh, Mandarin or Cantonese. I don't know which one it was exactly. But like whenever he responded, he was like, oh, do, 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 like very like in a very racist character, caricature and shit like that. I can't think that that's problematic mm-hmm. because I think it's just like um, it's supposed to open your eyes to it. I don't think it's supposed to be there to be okay. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be there to not be okay and for you to recognize that it's not okay. Okay. Yeah. But like. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, that makes and, sense. And also like, like you're not supposed to like that character. You're supposed to understand yeah. that he's a, sh- a piece of shit. Okay. Yeah. Because like while I'm watching, I'm just like, why is he doing that? Like, like, is that like. Because he's trying to look <clears throat> cool. I know, but like, but just like plot wise, like with with this movie, I'm like, like, why did Paul Thomas Anderson have to like put that in this movie, like that, that like that character? Well, character, also, character. like, I think Asian culture was super huge in the '70s. Oh, and there was like Americans who like claimed to like be yeah. with that, yeah. And I think that's kind of right before the time where mm. the black exploitation was coming out mm-hmm. before black people became like really fucking cool otherwise he probably would have been with a black woman yeah he'd been like talking jive or some shit yeah like that. yeah that makes sense that makes sense okay yeah because i didn't think about that when i was watching it so i didn't i didn't come around, i didn't i wasn't i didn't have your line of thinking while i was watching i was just like why is he doing this that's this is like this is not even fucking funny not like I was offended by it, but I was just like, why are you fucking doing this? I man? think, yeah, I just think it was supposed to be there to not be funny. Yeah, to yeah. make you feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Is, uh, is there anything else? No. No. Okay. Uh, so what do we got next? Next, we are going to do our variety time. So... We told you, everybody's getting COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, we have to tell you that we both got COVID. Yay! Yay. Everybody in the club getting COVID. Everybody in the club getting COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's, that's, you know, you folks follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
you'll see that we announced that uh, we had we had gotten sick. We got we had gotten the Ronin. The Ronin. <laughs> we got the Ronin. We got the Rona. Um, <laughs> so the Kingpin doesn't have to worry. About it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, so the story goes is that uh, Kelsey and I we went out on New Year's Day. Not New Year's. We celebrate New Year's Eve separately, but on New Year's Day we got together and we were like, "Hey, let's like hit up the towns, do this and everything like that," thinking we were fucking invincible. Uh, mind you, I had got my booster shot like the day prior. Uh, we go. Where do we hit up? We uh, what was that bar? We went to El Cid. Mm-hmm. Which it was El Sad, <laughs> <laughs> and we found ourselves at our one of our, our favorite spots, uh, Footsies, um, and it seemed like everything was kind of okay except that that there was what was that dude's name Aaron Aaron <laughs> Aaron showed up. Yeah, this dude Aaron showed up, and like we're stupidly not wearing masks. He's not wearing a mask, mind you. They 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 check your vax card on the way. Yeah, in. so we're thinking like it's it's fine. We're fine. The, and the bar was pretty empty, too. I think it was, like, maybe, like, 10 people total. Yeah. Inside and, and outside as well. And we thought we were doing good. And the next day, I woke up, and I was like, one, I was hungover. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm just hungover. Oh, fuck. But, like. You threw up, like, three times? Yeah, I threw up, like, three three or four times. Like, I'm you like, couldn't even take a vitamin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I took, like, vitamins. I was like, my son was like, nope. <laughs> Don't take any of that. Um. And as like the day went on, I was like, oh, I'm feeling a little bit tired, but uh, I got a headache. But I think because I'm just hungover, like whatever. Yeah. Fuck. Then next, the next day, woo, hit me like a fucking dumb truck. Mm-hmm. Um, I called my, and this is this a funny thing. I had called my boss. My intent, intent, intentions was, were to call my boss and actually ask for a day off. Because I just I just wanted the next day. I just wanted like the Monday off. I was gonna say like, oh, I got my booster shot. Kind of fucked me up. Blah, blah, blah. No, I called my boss and I was like, Ugh, I, I, I'm letting him come. Like I sounded horrible. He was even like, he's like, geez, Mark, you sound really bad. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think the booster shot just really fucked me up. He's like, is it COVID? No, no, it's not COVID. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then Kelsey, being the superhero that she is, fucking grabs like I she- tracked down. Look, mm. okay, because Cadence, my, let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah. My younger one mm. felt nauseous on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's like, oh my God, she might have COVID. Yeah. And I went to the CVS, so it's like right around the corner. And they're like, we don't have anything, but we'll get a shipment in on Monday. Mm. So fast forward, and I'm like, they're going to have COVID tests on Monday. Yeah. So I finally, like, I went there, like, oh, it did, didn't come in yet. So I went and did a bunch of different errands mm. and I circled back around and they're like, yeah, we just got them. Mm. So I was able to get the tests. Yeah. And, um, honestly, I thought, I thought maybe it's a cold or I'll be fine or whatever. No, Kelsey helps me with the test and fucking came back positive for COVID. Like, right away. Like, the line didn't just slowly appear. It was like, COVID. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like four drop, beep, COVID, boom, like blows up my face <laughs> and whatever. And I was like so fucking mad because that means I was going to miss work. And I, I like money. And you had just what? Only worked there a week? I worked there for like like a week and some change. Um, yeah, because they had like that whole week off. Yeah, yeah. For my, the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Like my job, my job was pretty cool. Like when it comes up to like Christmas Eve, we work like half a day and then they're closed from like Christmas Day to like 
the day after New Year's. Because mm-hmm. um, they want us to give us time to like spend with our family and everything like that. That's And that's normal around the time where, like, um, in my line of work, a lot of people aren't doing business. So they're like, all right, that's fine. And they're um, a smaller business, too. Yeah. So yeah. it's probably more for them, too. Yeah. They don't have to be there. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was. <laughs> um, and I think, well, I think it was like. And that's the thing, like, I when it came back positive, I was like, no, I'm still feeling fine, I'm feeling a little sick, but we'll record, we'll record. <laughs> no, then, first you got really upset, you're like, fuck, mm. like, what do I do? Oh, yeah, because I, yeah, because, like, because <clears throat> I was around you, I was around your girls, you know, I was like, I was, like, I, I was around, I was around my girlfriend before I started showing symptoms, I was like, oh my, I'm thinking, like, holy shit, I'm the super spreader, I'm fucking patient zero shit. <laughs> Just fucking up everybody and everything like that. Uh, and more importantly, like, I, w- I was more worried about Cadence because Cadence only had, she only got one shot. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want her, like, anything bad happen to those girls. Like, despite, you know, how I act around act around the girls. I, like, I care about them, you know. I don't want any, any harm to come to them. Except for Cameron. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so that, that's the thing I was really scared, especially, like, getting used to it because we hung out for, like, the weekend. Yeah. I um, I'm always the one that runs towards the fire. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of anybody, mm. but <laughs> I have a hard time with two things: mm. taking care of someone who can't see past what's bothering them, no matter what I say. Yeah, and also the come down, like when there's no more fire, all of the emotion floods in. Oh, okay. So that's what I was dealing with, I think. Then I turned into the person who's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, I don't know. I'm stand, I'm walking around in circles. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so when did, when did your symptoms start to show? I think mine started to show on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like I had a body high. Yeah. And, um, like, I could focus on things, but, like, I knew I wasn't going to be able to work. Oh, yeah. And you, like, I believe, I don't know if you text or email or call your job. You're just like, I got COVID. Like, I emailed them. Yeah. yeah. I'm always surprised. I shouldn't be surprised, but Patrick is always the one who checks on me. Yeah, he's the one who cares about you the most. I know, but he's so um, unreachable. Well, just, just because he's unreachable doesn't mean he's, like, doesn't mean he's not watching from afar. I know that. I'm just saying, like... Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's the unreachable one, so you don't know what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It always surprises me. That's the thing, like, with, with Patrick, I always, and this is, like, this is one of her... her you, and you've met him once. Yeah, this is, like, one of her co-workers. Um, with, with, with that dude, like, I always got a sense that, like, he doesn't, like, he, he, he has a circle of friends, but, like, few and far between. And, no, not few, he has like between. a like a, a circle of really tight friends. That's what yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He has a circle of tight friends, but like people that aren't in a circle of tight friends, like let's say for you, for example, he still sees the value of you and still sees how important you are. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I don't really know his back his background a whole lot. I don't know how he was raised or anything like that. But I feel like he has like a lot of respect for uh, women and like maybe like single mothers or something like that. That's that, but that's what I'm kind of getting. From he he grew up in a good family. He grew mm. up in Newport Beach mm. on the fucking beach. Mm, okay. So and he didn't grow up watching TV. Mm. All that like maybe, very maybe privileged. That, maybe that's uh, maybe the whole not watching TV. Maybe that's how you two connect because you didn't watch TV that much either. <laughs> 
No, but um, I think it's cool that he has that. I don't know why we're going off on this tangent. But anyways, it's cool that he has the ability to like see people that way, <laughs> okay. where people who make money don't. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking about the one time that we came into the elevator one time, mm. and I asked him if he was okay. He's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, your face is puffy. <laughs> and then he's like, thanks. <laughs> and he went home and told his wife that I told him his face was puffy. Jesus. <laughs> Um, okay, so, so what, what, what happened, what happened to us for the next couple of days? Um, you downloaded a bunch of movies for us to watch and then proceeded to watch two of them with me and then leave. <laughs> and we watched more together. Mm, I was really looking forward to watching those two. Which one? Uh, well, all of the ones you downloaded. Well, let me, I'll just say, okay, just to let you folks know, we watched, uh, Red Rocket, uh, Belfast. We watched we watched Fr- French Dispatch, Belfast, Red Rocket, mm-hmm. and then on my own I watched Bernadetta and The Lost Daughter. Mm-hmm. So I watched so the, oh and then and then when I came, when I came back over here we watched uh, Swan Song. Mm-hmm. So we watched four. I only watched two without you. Mm. Calm your tits, okay. <laughs> and actually one of them was all right. It wasn't that great. Mm. <laughs> However, you got to watch Bernadetta. Oh fuck, that's just wild. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, like, um, we got ready mm-hmm. because we found out while the girls were at school yeah. that you had COVID. So we, like, I think you're like, I need to take a shower. Yeah. So um, I grabbed the electronics and brought them upstairs. And, mm-hmm. like, I ordered Instacart. So I had, like, paper plates and stuff. Yeah, and, like, plenty of water and mm-hmm. anything we anything that we could take up with us and just kind of eat or snack on. Because we yeah. didn't want the... We were trying our best to make sure uh, not to get the girls infected. Yep. And then, what, you left on Wednesday morning. Yeah, I yeah I started feeling better to... to, to oh, because I haven't, I haven't really talked about my symptoms. Yeah, I had... Um, so, what had happened? So, I, even though I was hungover, I think the nausea was because of the COVID. Obviously, with the combination of being hungover um i was getting the chills i was getting the body aches i was getting the really bad headaches and i actually lost my taste and smell and that was i I think out of all of that that's the one thing i do not want to go through again the taste and smell yeah because i've 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 had the headaches i've been i've thrown up i had the body aches and stuff like that but losing your taste and smell oh fuck all that noise because i'm just because you can't enjoy food yeah like everything i ate cardboard it was like cardboard or paper yeah. Or like, or I was looking at a cinder block or some shit. Like that. <laughs> um, and I think the first night, it was like the day before I, the night before I felt like I had a body high, mm-hmm. I felt nauseous. So mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't feel good. Oh, okay. I feel fine. <laughs> oh, I don't feel good. Oh, okay. I feel fine. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I can just go to sleep. And it won't bother me. And I did. I went to sleep. And I'm like, okay, I feel fine. That was mm-hmm. the only nausea I had. Yeah. And then I felt fine. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like an imposter. Okay. Like, uh, like you, you, you don't got the real COVID. You got the yeah, COVID. Yeah, like somehow I'm like, I should be working. Yeah. But I knew that I wasn't going to be able to put my full energy into it. Mm-hmm. But like, that's when I started to get that feeling like, Right before you left, I was all crying and shit. Oh, wow. Okay. You were, no, no, you did. You saw me. We were talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, you're like, no, it's fine. Like, you are sick. Like, I'm like, okay. And then you left. And um, then the very next day, uh-huh. Cameron got it. 
Yeah, and and we think that she got it from most likely from school. Well, you think she got it from school. You think you think she got it from you? Yeah. Okay. I think she got it from us. Okay. Well, that's, well, yeah. And 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 I like how you think that you were talking like we got it from being out, but you know damn well where we got it from. Uh, but uh, I don't want to bring her name into look, it. Look, but. Originally, we thought because because of the Aaron guy who was like so close to like because because like Kelsey and I are, we're 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 sitting at the bar, we're sitting next to each other, and this dude Aaron keeps coming in between us to like talk to us. I don't know what the fuck he was talking to us about life or some shit or whatever. He was talking about New Year's resolutions, and we're like, dude, you're 23. Yeah, we're so over that shit. <laughs> like. New Year's resolutions are for fucking losers who don't do shit during the year. Yeah, he's just like, oh, my new resolution is make money, live that life, blah, blah, blah. Be blah. healthy. Yeah, I'm just like, that should just kind of be your everything, man. Like, trust me, like, we're old. You should That should be your everything. <laughs> yeah, you should do that every day. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, and I thought we possibly could have got it from him because how close he was like talking to us like but also he mostly was on my right side and you were on my left for like more than half of that so i would have got it first i would think yeah yeah and and another reason why i didn't think why i thought i didn't get it is because i was sitting right underneath like a vent that was blowing all this cold air uh-huh. and if uh because i have um i have chronic bar- uh, bronchitis so if, if you hit me with enough cold air for a period of time I'm going to get sick, like, to the point where I'm just, like, I need uh, antibiotics or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started thinking, like, oh, I got sick from that. Yeah. You know, but the test said otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know where we got it from. <sighs> got it from my kid's mom. Yeah. Not going to say her name, but I got it from her. <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny. You're so reluctant to, like, to, like say the words or like to agree with it well no i agree with it but like the way how you come at it you're just like fuck she got us sick you know and i'm just like like, the first time she got covid Mm -hmm. and then she was on the fucking drive-thru getting starbucks oh yeah yeah and then like like like, she doesn't think things through Mm -hmm. so then i'm just like dude like she was sick and she's like oh it's probably just the flu yeah she even though everyone's getting fucking covid and it's like Mm -hmm. you weren't careful yeah like she had thought she got she the the reason why i i got it from her is because and once again i was taking my daughter out to go get her back her second vaccine shot and she was like oh can i come with you and she was coughing but she had a mask on and she was like oh i I just have a flu or something i'm like okay like whatever that should be fine and i was keeping my distance (laughs) for not too not long enough apparently um, and then when I had told her, and I called her, I was like, yeah, I, I got COVID, came back positive. She was like, you didn't get it from me. I'm like, go take a test. She took a test and she was like, oh yeah, I'm negative. You didn't get it from me. And then she called me back. She was like, oh, I read that wrong. I did. I did have it. Yeah. I think it, it wasn't that I was mad. Like, I think it's funny now, but I was just mm. mad because it fucking uproots your entire fucking life. Yeah. And she ain't that smart sometimes. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah. And like, oh, oh wait. Yeah. And then, okay. So Cameron got it on Thursday mm-hmm. and on that same day, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I'm like, my eyes are watery Yeah, and I started with a runny nose and sneezing. And I'm like, this is like some real actual cold shit. Like, yeah. and I'm like, I didn't even see Mark go through that. Yeah. Cause I'm better than you. <laughs> but it's weird because it was like, I was fine. And then mm-hmm. you left and then I wasn't fine. 
Are you I, like I and that and like and everyone else gets better over time, and I'm like all of a sudden I get hit with like a cold. I think that's the thing. I think it's because not I think not everybody gets everything that mm-hmm. that is associated with COVID. It's like a number of things, and it, and if you get a number of those things, you're like, oh, you have it. Like like for example, like I had a really bad coughing fit. And I don't think you went through one of those, did you? No. Yeah, see, I had like a bad coughing fit to the point where like I'm coughing up blood and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's only happened to me once when I had the my bronchitis. Um, I think you went through a fever. I didn't have a fever. Uh, I know I went through chills and the body aches and the really bad headaches. I had headaches. But I, but that's thing. I don't think your headaches were as bad as mine. No. Yeah. So like we we <laughs> we essentially had like I had parts of the COVID that is associated with that and you had other parts and then combined we had all the parts <laughs> we had captain planet i know right <laughs> i know i know one thing you and i did have we had fatigue mm-hmm. like when we like when i knocked out i was knocked out for hours yeah i remember on friday morning i woke up mm-hmm. and i was like fuck uh-huh. and i gotta go to work <laughs> i was like fucking tired yeah, yeah i think even saturday morning i i went to bed at like it was like ten thirty mm-hmm. or ten. Yeah. And I woke up and it was like eight. And you're like still eight thirty, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm tired, but I gotta get up because I gotta bring the Vax card to Cisco for Cadence." Yeah, yeah. And then I fucking went back home, and I was like, I slept for like three hours. Damn. Yeah. So even like when I, because um, I start, I started feeling better, and I, I decided to go to my girlfriend's and she had she had the same symptoms too so I was like all right well we're just we're, we both have covid so we'll be fine just isolating ourselves in in her room and her and her kids they stay in the room all the time so we're like all right there's like a, a, a level of disconnect right there or separation um even like driving to her place like when I got to her place I was like fucking tired and that drive was like 30 minutes mm-hmm. and I was already tired about that um <laughs> uh but yeah like my my job they were like all right like you don't come in like that's fine yeah which sucks because like i'm not getting paid I, like i've i haven't worked there long enough to get sick pay so now i don't I'm, you just don't get paid i'm just not getting paid yeah um so a bit of time has gone by kelsey and i have we've been feeling better mm-hmm. um let me see oh yeah and then there's whole thing about cadence oh about if she's if she has well, it no, yeah the whole time like she tested negative twice and her father wouldn't come get her yeah see that and 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 here's the thing like kelsey had her take a rapid test that said negative and then had her actually go take a clinic test and it said negative and still her father was like i'm not like i don't want to risk it yeah and that's the thing that sucks because we're like no like kelsey's like oh, i'm sorry you this is your story you tell you tell <laughs> i know i'm like because i'm sorry i'm sorry to heat it when I know. um his whole thing is like he has a daughter that's four mm-hmm. and she was born premature, like two months. Mm. So she has breathing issues anyways. Every time she gets sick, they're like, fuck. Like, she's probably going to die. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, it always ends up being this thing where it's like, he, he's got to choose her over everybody else. But I'm like, you forget, your 14-year-old, just a month ago, mm. her inhaler wasn't working. She has asthma. Yeah, she has breathing issues as well. So I'm just like... You don't worry about this child with her with COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's the one, even though she's vaccinated, I worried about her because like I've seen her mm-hmm. like I don't get scared very easily. Yeah. Even with people's issues. Mm. She fucking terrified me. Yeah. And so like I'm like, Cadence doesn't have it. And like 
even though she feels nauseous sometimes in the last week or so, mm. she kept testing negative. So I'm like, she doesn't have it. She must be like with acid reflux or something. That's what I, that's what I'm thinking or too. Or like growth spurt. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um. So finally, the next day, he had a change of heart, and he's like, "I'm sorry." What did What did he say though? What did the, What did that thing he told you? Oh, he was like, "Um, do you understand where I'm coming from?" No, 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 it's not that. No, he used the D word. The D word. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. He said like, "Oh, you can deny." Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, you can be in denial all you want. I'm like, in denial about what? <laughs> yeah, even though, like... She tests the negative twice. Yeah. She's fucking negative. He's yeah. like, yeah, but by now, because it's been two days, I'm like, well, if you would have got her when I told you she tested negative on the rap test... Yeah, it would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah, and there there, there are talks about, like, sometimes those rapid tests, rapid tests are not fully reliable, which is understandable. It's not like an actual, like, clinic studying every or clinic test or anything like that but like the thing is if she's if it's gonna pop positive mm -hmm. when you test mm -hmm. and pop positive when cameron tests mm -hmm. then if she had it it would have been the same covid mm -hmm. it would have been positive if she had it yeah yeah and um <clears throat> and even like and here here's the thing like when when i had tested positive kelsey was like okay then i must have had it and she was still taking the the measure to be like because it always says, like, if you're around somebody who tested positive, you have to isolate yourself because the effects could kick in later. They could not. You could be negative. You don't want to chance it. Kelsey was even like, okay, I'm going to isolate myself because I was around you for this weekend. And then without taking a test, just didn't want to chance at all. And then Kelsey took a test today because we were able to get our hands on another rapid test. And boom, she tested positive. So, you know, yeah, it's not like it's not like we were being... Uh, careless or anything like that we're, we're just kind of using logic in this sense and the thing that saved cadence too was that i isolated her from her sister oh yeah you did that real um, fucking quick. on wednesday morning because cadence cameron's like i feel weird because cadence is like saying she feels nauseous and she's mm -hmm. got a runny nose yeah so i'm like fuck so then i ended up pulling her out of school because she went to school without telling me yeah and then so now she can't go back to school for 10 days just because I have COVID. Yeah. And um, the fact that I isolated those two, but Cameron got it. Mm -hmm. So Cadence didn't get it because she hadn't been around her sister. Yeah. So. Um, but they're testing her again tomorrow. Oh, okay. Like an official test or like. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like uh, Kelsey's, uh, Kelsey's able to work from home because her job allows her to i myself haven't been able to go back to work i took another covid test i took a rapid test and it came back negative um i got an official test and i'm still waiting for the results i took it on friday morning it is now monday evening still have not gotten the results back and, mm -hmm. and and i called my job and said hey i tested negative you know i still have a bit of a sore throat but i'm doing fine do you guys still want me to come in and they're like Nah, <laughs> we'll just wait until you get a negative test and we'll see what's up. Yeah. And now we are going to do our geriatric cinematic of Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. Everyone's giving one special thing, right? Everyone's blessed with one special thing. I want you to know I plan on being a star. 
big bright shining star. Eddie Adams from Torrance. Yep. Jack Horner, filmmaker. I make it. Exotic pictures. In 1977, a kid from nowhere made me think about your name. My name, yeah. Something a little pizzazz. Dirk Diggler. Good name. I like your name a lot. Had a dream of getting somewhere. Jack Horner has found something special in newcomer Dirk Diggler. So let me just pop in this A-track, and you just give a listen and tell him what you think, okay? It was a time when disco was king. These are the ones. These are great. Yeah, those are really cool. Are they lizard? No, they're Italian. Do you like my shoes? They're pretty cool. Sex was safe. <laughs> Pleasure was a business. Cut. Terrific. Nice work. And business was booming. And the award for best newcomer goes to Mr. Dirk Diddler. Wow. The synopsis is, back when sex was safe, the pleasure was a business, and business was booming. An idealistic porn producer aspires to elevate his craft to art when he discovers a hot young talent. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You look like you wanted to say something. (laughs) Directed and written by Paul Thomas Anderson. It stars Mark Wahlberg, Burt Reynolds, Julianne Moore, John C. Riley, Don Cheadle, Heather Graham. Luis Guzman, and William H. Macy. There's a lot of people in this movie. There's a lot more than that in this movie. I know, yeah. I, I was pulling out the... The the top the, bill? Yeah, the top bill, and I was like, okay. And I was like, oh yeah, they're in this movie, they're in this movie, they're in this movie. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Boogie Nights, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's... Uh, I think this... I believe this is the movie that like got him on the map. Yeah. Like he had done, um, I think before this he had done uh, Hard Eight, which starred uh, John C. Riley, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, I can't remember the uh, old guy. Um, let me see. Yeah, he had done Hard Eight. That was a decent film. I, I remember checking it out; it wasn't too bad. But Boogie Nights is the one that really got him on the map. Um, I remember. I actually remember when this movie was coming out back in 97 like seeing the trailers for it i was like holy fuck i gotta see this movie right Mm -hmm. but i was even like oh i might not be able to get into this one because it it came off very nc-17 yeah um actually the original cut is is uh the original cut of the film is actually nc-17 they had to cut maybe like six minutes out of it Hmm. uh to get that uh, that hard r rating um and i remember liking it back then I remember loving it back then, and then currently watching it for this podcast. I think it still is a solid film, um, but the most important thing is what did Kelsey think about it? Um, I like the movie, but I wasn't blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always a good watch, I guess, when you're like following people, like how they deal with life and like mm-hmm. different situations. Yeah. Um. Kind of other than that, like, there's, like, one moment you're like, oh, like, this night in particular is a night where everything's going to go bad. Mm. And then it's kind of like, it kind of does, and you're like, oh, fuck. But, like, Mm. it's not as shocking as the ending of the first episode of season two of Euphoria. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, so so in, in Boogie Nights, you were saying the night you talking about the New Year's Eve party? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's when like everything's like on a downhill spiral. Uh, I believe for everybody. Yeah. In this movie. And so I was just kind of the whole movie wasn't meh to me, but I mm-hmm. just didn't feel the love for it that I think mm-hmm. everyone else has. Yeah, like some of. Uh, some people consider this Paul Thomas Anderson's best movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to say it was Magnolia, but after rewatching Magnolia, not so much. I'm more of a There Will Be Blood type fan. Like, I love There Will Be Blood, but I think that's because, like, that's my cynical side popping out. Like, yeah, fuck everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what did you think? Because this is the movie that, I mean, this is the movie that put Mark Wahlberg on the map. Like, as a serious actor, because mm-hmm. back then he was more known as Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. He had, like, small roles here and there, I believe. Um, so what did you think of his performance as Eddie Adams? He was giving me, like, Keanu Reeves vibes back at that time. Like, he was mm-hmm. inexperienced. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I could totally tell he was inexperienced. He okay. wasn't awful, awful. Mm-hmm. But it was, I, like, I also think I just don't like the characters that are kind of stupid. Yeah. Because you could tell that he's not very smart. Yeah, his character is like super duper fucking naive. Yeah. So to me, there's like not a whole lot to like about the character to begin with. So how can I like the acting? Gotcha. Um, Especially that particular type of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like his... Trying to find like where's his acting career. So, like he's done a number of like TV series and stuff like that. But he did this movie called Renaissance Man. Uh, he well he's he started alongside Leonardo DiCaprio in Basketball Diaries, which is that's a really good film. But people more talk about that movie in terms of Leonardo DiCaprio. They don't talk about Mark, Mark Wahlberg. And of course, yeah. another movie before that uh, was before Booking Nights was Fear, where he was like the psycho boyfriend and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But I saw that I was just like, that's just Mark Wahlberg. um i did like his performance uh i did like it's it's so weird because like in this movie he's supposed to be like i think he's supposed to be like 16 maybe 18 (laughs) but he looks 28 yeah he looked 28 like just because you gave him that haircut does not like take away years off his life and shit like Mm -hmm. that um I think the I think the one person that I really enjoyed this movie uh, that I enjoyed in this movie is actually uh, well one is Phyllis Seymour Hoffman even though he has a very minor role mm-hmm. to me it's memorable uh, John C Riley is really great in this movie because he's like he he starts out as like this character who's trying to one up mm-hmm. the Mark Wahlberg character but then because his best friend almost like his lackey and shit like that yeah. um, but this was like a serious to me it was like a serious change for uh, Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, in this very very serious role and a very kind of like taboo topic of like pornography and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and i i always get a kick of like hearing the stories of like how he almost like punched paul thomas anderson and how he like he like disowned the movie and shit like that mm-hmm. and this is like the only movie that actually gave him like an oscar nomination <laughs> <laughs> i think um i'll agree with you with uh with John C. Riley mm. and the other guy. Uh oh, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, that one mm. uh, in particular, actually. Him and um, Julianne Moore. Oh yeah, Julianne Moore is great in this movie. I believe she actually won an Oscar for this for this role. Yeah, I believe. I think she did such a good job in her role in this movie that like 
I feel like she won the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it wasn't about her, but every time she showed up, it was like, it was about her. Uh, let me see. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, let me see. And, oh, she didn't win. I thought she had won. I don't know why she didn't win for that. Well, what won? For for that year? Yeah. Oh, I, um... Do, 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 do. So, Best Supporting Actress, who won for the... Oh, I can see why. Kim Basinger in L.A. Confidential. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> that was another great movie. That makes sense. But half the time we look shit up and we're like, why didn't that person win? I know. And we're like, why did that win? I know. Instead? I remember, we, yeah, we were talking about leaving Las Vegas. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> why did Nicolas Cage win against Sean... P- oh, it was a slow year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That was the year that Good Will Hunting won for Best Screenplay. Legit film, legit. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen that one. That's good. Rob Williams, fuck that dude does an amazing performance. Like a lot of people like to remember Robin Williams. This is we're going to tangent, obviously. A lot of people talk about Robin Williams and in his um, uh, like his comedic role and stuff like that. Yo, his serious acting role, mm-hmm. whew, dude, was on fucking fire. <laughs> um, so okay, uh, what what else do you have to say about Julianne Moore? I feel, like, I feel like I cut you off. Yeah, she, um, I really like how she would play, like, the mother, but mm-hmm. it was always kind of, like, weird, because, like, she also had sex with him. That's how much she loved her kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then she did the same thing with Roller Girl, in a way. Like, they didn't have sex, but, like... They were smoking weed together. No, they were snorting coke together. Oh, yeah, snorting coke. Yeah, Shit. yeah. There's that scene where, like, she's like, can you be my mother? Please please be my mother. I'll just, I will just please adopt me. Like, oh, Roller Girl. And, it, and that's the thing. Heather Graham, her character doesn't have a name other than Roller Girl. We don't mm-hmm. actually, like, know her name. Yeah. I thought we did hear it once. Mm, from my understanding, she's known as Roller Girl. When that one guy recognized her, he's like, we used to go to school together. Oh he yeah, he did call her by. Amy, oh, that's right. Yeah, but I don't remember what it was. Um, yeah, with like Julianne Moore in the spot, you can almost it's it's it, not that it's weird, but I guess it kind of shows in the power of like Paul Thomas Anderson's writing and his uh, getting the right cast. You could almost separate this movie, and it could be like Julianne Moore's story, mm-hmm. uh, or her character uh, Amber. I believe her name was Amber like, Waves. Yeah, it can be like her story and how. She's trying to get her kid, how she's falling all her times and everything like that, and how she's like this motherly figure in this house of like broken people and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like but she's just as broken as they are, but they feel mm. a need for her as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um all right, I want to go ahead and kind of get this out of the way. Um, in terms of casting, because I, I always find this fascinating when I look at casting of like who could have played who. So for the part of Eddie Adams slash Dirk Diggler. So Leonardo DiCaprio was offered the role, right? But he turned it down to start in Titanic. Okay, that was a good choice. Yeah. Um, but he's the one who actually suggested Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay. Okay. Also, uh, Joaquin Phoenix was offered the role. He turned it down. Um, Jason Lee turned it down. And then Christian Bell, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Ethan Hawke were all considered for the role of Eddie Adams. Can't picture Christian Bale. I think he could have done it. Okay, he could have done it because I can no way picture Ben Affleck or Matt Damon. 
I could picture Matt Damon, I could, but not Ben Affleck. I couldn't picture it because, like, this is a very California, San Fernando Valley type thing, and they're Boston. They're too Boston. It would come up. Maybe Ethan Hawke. Okay, he but you t- say that, but where's Mark Wahlberg from? That is very true. <sighs> Maybe he just sold it better. Because he was, he was extra naive. You know what? Okay, I think this is it. I think they're too smart to play the role. There you go. There you go. His lack of experience showed his lack of experience as this character. Like, this character. Like, that's why it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Horner, uh, Warren Beatty, Sidney Pollack were originally offered the role. Pollack attended the premiere, and he was, he, like, regretted turning down that role. Uh, Albert Brooks, Harvey Keitel, Bill Murray, and Jack Nicholson. Damn, Jack Nicholson would have been fucking crazy oh that would have been so dope anyway <laughs> uh scotty J, the seymour Phil- the philip seymour hoffman character jack black was considered okay i could see that roller girl uh gwyneth paltrow but she turned it down which thank you gwyneth paltrow because she would have because roller girl she's gotta be peppy yeah heather graham is a very peppy person very peppy character i mean she's done serious roles but like i think this role was like perfect for her unfortunately like no matter how dramatic the role was or how good her role was she actually like couldn't get work for like a year and it wasn't until uh austin powers um the spy who i think it's the spy who shagged me i think it's the first one yeah um she that's the like it wasn't until that role that she like got back into hollywood and got recognized again um books book swap who was the don cheeto mm-hmm uh samuel L. jackson was offered the role and turned it down i'm glad uh and for amber waves uh marissa tomei um she would have been too young i think yeah 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 like despite what julianne julianne moore's age was at the time her character was supposed to be like a very weathered character who like seen some shit and i don't think marissa tomei was at that point Mm-mm. i think now she probably could do it yeah yeah definitely um so okay so this is okay so i i i showed you punch drunk love right that's the the adam sandler movie i feel like i might have show you that movie no okay. you not okay so what did you think as as in this film in terms of the directing and the writing for paul thomas anderson especially like this is like the the film that got him lifted like do you think because we because we re, we reviewed licorice pizza um do you think his writing's better in Boogie Nights, or do you think it was better in Licorice Pizza? I'm gonna say Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing: I feel like he kind of just revisited a theme, just without the sex with Licorice Pizza. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah, because they're they're both around the same time. They're both around the mid to like the early to mid seventies. Yeah, mm. like Licorice Pizza is like the PG rated. Boogie Nights. Nights, yeah. Um, Boogie Nights, to me, even though I don't like have a love for the film like other people do, I think mm. it's just because like <clears throat> other things have come out since or mm-hmm. maybe something. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, th- I feel like this film probably did so well because of the theme and like how shocking like William H. Macy's wife was always getting fucked by other guys and stuff right in yeah. front of him and yeah. like all this shit was always happening. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't as shocked by it, I guess, or like. Yeah, because you've kind of like seen some shit too. Yeah. Not not of like in real life, but like as in TV and film, you're just like, oh, I 
I've seen like intense stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because at the time, this was like, like people were just like, oh, this is the porno movie. Like we don't want to talk about this movie. We don't want to do this movie. That's why so many people had like turned down this role. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point, uh, William H Macy, who plays, uh, uh, I can't remember his character's name. Little Bill. Yeah, he plays a camera operator, and it like his agent was like, "Don't do this movie. Do not do this movie." <laughs> and he and William H Macy, he's I. <clears throat> William H Macy, he gets a lot of credit, like as a, like because he's a character actor. Mm-hmm. Whenever he shows up, I'm like, "All right, I'm it's gonna, gonna be good. It's gonna be it, if the movie's not gonna be good, he's gonna be good at least." And shit yeah. like that. So you can tell that he was just like, "Oh, my agent doesn't want me to do it. I'm gonna do it." <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Despite this movie being like, like I said, like leading up to this movie, people were just like worried about it because it was like it was such a taboo topic and everything like that. And it's so weird because, like I said, this is a movie that got Mark that put Mark Wahlberg on the map, and he became like a devout uh, Catholic and father like later later in the years and stuff like that. And he had said like he had hoped God would forgive him for like this making this movie like yo dude you have a career because of this movie yeah and he later on said like oh i was just joking about that but at the he time come on and then burt reynolds like his um the story goes is that because he had disowned this movie so heavily and just hated it so much um that it really hurt his chances of actually winning that oscar because you gotta you have to get behind your product if you want to be recognized for it um and Unfortunately, like I said, Heather Graham, she couldn't get any like meaningful roles. She even got to a point where she was thinking about accepting a role in a softcore erotic movie. Oh wow! Yeah, it, and it, like I said, it wasn't until like despite Shagman, she was like, "All right, I'm like, she got recognized again." When did everything. Pulp Fiction, Fiction come out? Uh, that came out earlier than that. I think Pulp Fiction was '94. And to me, that movie was also pretty like heavy on subject matter 94 yeah and like that one to me was almost as taboo i think because like the level of violence in it and the fact that there's like a little rape scene in that movie yeah um <coughs> it, it did come off taboo but like a lot of people still hold pulp fiction like high regards that's like the movie that like re-sparked john travolta's career that um showed that like bruce willis can like kind of do like an indie film doesn't have to always be like the john mcclain type character or ving rames is like oh who's this character mm-hmm. you know unfortunately getting fucked in the ass um or like Even though he kind of was a john mcclain character in that film yeah but like but not like i mean there's john mcclain and then there's john mcclain like swearing up a storm and just shooting people in the face and stuff like yeah. that <laughs> um yeah it's, it wasn't as like I guess as graphic as Boogie Nights, but I think it's just that whole, the idea of sex, mm-hmm. which is. Like there was the idea of it, which was Pulp Fiction. And then there was, there it is. Yeah. Like they, they, these are, yeah. These are people like fucking yeah. like, you know, on camera. I mean, it's, it's, it's not unsimilated sex, but it's heavily simulated sex. You yeah. Know? Um, and I, I've always, cause I, I, there's this really great documentary. I think it's called like rated R. Or not your radio or something like that. This is a great documentary about the MP, MPA. And they talk to all these directors from like different sides, different parts of the world and stuff like that. And in the documentary, um, <clears throat> they the people they talk about this disconnect in America, how in American film, we love violence. We love watching these character characters being shot, blown up, everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to sex, oh god, like oh no, 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 right? <laughs> but in in France, 
they don't really like violence, but when they look at sex, they see it as artful. It's like this is yeah. part of life. Of their lovers, not fighters. You mean they're you mean they're quitters because they surrender surrender so easily. I'm mostly French. Yeah. So hey, quitter. Definitely quitter. That's why I'm still doing this podcast after more than two years. Yeah, don't surrender. <laughs> like that foe. Um. So with that, uh, I, I have to ask you about. Uh, what is your take on the state of film now uh, when it comes to the topic of like sex and pornography? Like you think it's maybe has changed over the years uh, from Boogie Nights where it's less taboo or do you think it's still taboo? I think it's less taboo, mm-hmm. but I think that people still use it in their films mm-hmm. pretending it's still taboo. Mm, okay. And then it becomes pretentious. It comes off pretentious. Yeah. Like, well, look at me. I'm going to use the shock value of sex. And everyone's like, that was unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because, like, I remember watching a lot of a lot of movies back then, like in the 80s and 90s, where they would be like a lovemaking scene. Uh-huh. And it's really like, why was that in the movie? Like, I, like I get you're trying to convey that these people are, like, together. Mm-hmm. Like, they love each other. But you don't really have to show them have sex to do that. I there are other the ways time, of going over that. Yeah. I remember watching things that mm-hmm. I was like, like, wow, like I'm blushing and like. Yeah, yeah. But now when I watch things, mm-hmm. like older things especially, and I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I don't care. Or, or like, or in some cases, it's like, oh, that's so fake. Like, Or it's really bad. Yeah. Like the room bad. Yeah, like there's sometimes I think about um, that movie Desperado with Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek, yeah. and there's that part where they're having sex, and it's it's very like cinematic, like these positions and stuff like that. I'm like, that's not real life. <laughs> if anything, like um, I think I think now when it comes to like not even just uh, not even just film, but like television, um, in some cases in like TV shows and stuff like that, depending on where you go. Um, the the whole thing about sex is less taboo, and it's a bit more realistic. Like for example, I mean this is HBO, but still, um, <clears throat> we Kelsey and I had watched Euphoria season two that premiered last night on, on Sunday, and there's a there's a scene where two people are having sex in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and we're watching it. And I remember thinking like, yeah, that's more real life. Like I can, <laughs> I, that's yeah, yeah, because we're kind of grossed out by it. <laughs> Yeah, the more realistic, you're like, ugh. I'm like, she's really fucking sweaty and gross. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, just an asshole. Yeah, like, you know, like, he probably didn't take a shower. His dick probably smelled. Yeah, but her, like, for how red she was. I drink her bath water. <laughs> I'm really actually grossed out by drunk people. Yes. Like, really, really drunk people uh-huh. that I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's gross, yeah. Like, most people, they're just so fucking sweaty and red. Oh, that's, like, uh, what's his to, name? So, to me, that's, like, gross, because you're just basically sticking your dick in, like, sweat. Like, pure, pure sweat. It's like uh, like that dude Aaron. Aaron at the, at the footsies? Uh-huh. He's drunk, you're just like, ah, you're a little too close. Like, you're you're sweating a bit, man. Like, oh, yeah, he was sweating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't red, that I could tell. Yeah, the, yeah it was, like, low lighting. And he had darker skin. Very true. Um, so, yeah, like... <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> no, I did not. Um, so, yeah, like... It, it, and, and, and that's the thing. I think because over, over time, 
especially like especially like with the boom of documentary there's like a ton of documentaries on pornography like mm-hmm. legit documentaries and stuff like that because i think especially like how boogie nights is um the setting is 70s it was very taboo mm-hmm. and pornography was still very taboo but like now i think as we as society has evolved a bit more where we don't see these these porn performers these you know, actors and actresses and stuff like that, or they're called like fixes and shit like that. We don't see them as just like people who fuck on camera. Like these people have regular lives. Yes and no. Oh, how, well, how do you mean? I think that we've normalized them a lot more, mm-hmm. but it's almost like how like gay people have made strides, mm-hmm. but they're still not quite seen as equal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I still feel like there's still, um, a disconnect with how regular people see porn performers. Yeah, probably that's true. I'll admit myself included because mm. like there are some people who just love doing it, and then there are other people. It's like you couldn't have found something better to do with your time. You know, that's like, true. Yeah, like and there there are some who do it because they're like they kind of get they kind of like fall into it. They're just like, yeah, this is fun. I can do this. Oh you yeah, know? they make a lot of money or whatever. But like. Yeah. I always kind of associate a lack of intelligence with that type of work. Um, and I know I, that's probably not true. I will definitely say that's not true. Because but, yeah, but it's just like the the, the stereotype that goes oh, along with it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I've always, like, you know, like, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a cis male, you know, like, adolescence, pu- puberty came up. You got curious. You watch pornography and stuff like that. But even, but like, even back then, I like would look up these people's bios to kind of like find out like what they're about and stuff like that like mm-hmm. certain uh act up uh, certain performers and stuff like that and i would get their back so i'm like oh okay that's where they come from all right i can see that all that kind of stuff i mean granted if it's fake or not but like doing another because but the power of the internet you find enough you find out enough interviews and stuff like that mm-hmm. um some of them do this because it gets them along a way it gets them along their way to what they want to do like one of the most famous porn stars lisa ann um she runs like a, a a sports betting website and talks about sports now. Mm. Like she she occasionally still does porn, but now her money comes from like ads and not ads, uh, sports stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these uh, uh, performers they get into just like producing and directing and like writing because they're just like I can't be doing this forever. How often can you see me fuck? before yeah. like you get bored of it it also kind of ruins their bodies yeah and they're and it and, they, and just like hollywood the age it's always changing mm-hmm. you know the trends are changing it's milfs it's no longer milfs it's girl next door it's, it's now interracials now it's the these the average looking girls or stuff like that you mm-hmm. know they have to constantly keep changing and eventually they're like all right i'm out of this i'm gonna go yeah. do this and there's even some of them don't even. Some of them are in the industry, and they jump out of it, and they go to the OnlyFans, and that's how they start making their money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's not even just Hollywood. I think more as a society, we're just kind of become more accepted of it mm-hmm. because we know these are just regular fucking people. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just kind of uh, not as well versed in it as you are. I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, like I don't judge them. At all. I don't really judge them, but also like, I can't relate to them the way that you're, you seem to be. There is a couple of documentaries. Um, 
Let me see. I think there's a couple of documentaries called After Porn Ends. I think there's like two or three of them that really kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, like the life out of like the after the porn industry. I think they're like on Netflix or like HBO Max or something like that, um, which is pretty interesting because some of them like they tell true stories of like, yeah, I did this and everything. And I've I've lived a very well privileged life. I lived a great life. And some of them are just like, yeah, I got str-. you know, it's. You know, they're, it's like a toss up. Like some people really regret it. Other people are like, I loved it and I still love it. Yeah. And you can you can say that in form of Hollywood. People, they loved acting. And there are people who I fucking hated it. I, I only did it because I needed the money or something like that. Mm-hmm. The only difference is like, I just didn't fuck on camera. Yeah. Um, and like even like, uh, like, you know, sex workers. I mean, this is kind of off, but still the same thing. Like they don't really like me calling prostitute. They're called sex workers now because sex workers still work. Mm-hmm. They just, just. I think like, I could probably relate more with them. With sex workers, mm-hmm. yeah, some of them do it because, like, it's sex. Like, sex work is like the oldest profession in the world. It's it's the oldest and easiest to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just the way how they're treated is the thing that kind of like gets kicks them in the ass. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but back to Boogie Nights because that was a little tangent. We we went on. Um, all in all, Kelsey, do you think Boogie Nights still holds up? I'm on the fence. Really? You're, you're still on the fence? I'm on the fence because mm. I don't think the shock value is there anymore. Mm. But mm. it has some really great like character writing, mm-hmm. especially like Julianne Moore's character mm-hmm. and uh, Philip C. Hoffman's character. Mm-hmm. Like, those two in particular, I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, and I guess I just don't really like Mark Wahlberg. That's the one that's kind of keeping you, like, on the fence? I think that the shock value left is the thing that's keeping me on the fence. Mm. Because if it really held up, the shock value would have held. Okay, I can, I can see that. Like, like at that time when it came out, you mm. were like, oh, this movie's fucking bonkers. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, it's really not bonkers. Okay, so... This is okay. So on my side, I think it. I think it still does hold up. I think it. I think it's a definite, like, like view of like that era. Granted, it's some of it's done for like dramatic effect and stuff like that of mm-hmm. like this, the porn industry and stuff like that. But I think the fact that Paul Thomas Anderson, who this is like his second movie. This is a movie that like veteran directors would do. They've they've got like five movies under their belts and they're all successful all uh-huh. right cool now i'm gonna now i'm gonna do something i've always wanted to do and i don't care if it bombs or anything like that right mm-hmm. it's high art or whatever i think paul thomas anderson was like he had the balls big enough to be like my second movie is gonna be on this and i'm gonna get legendary actor burt reynolds you know i'm gonna get character actor william h macy don Cheeto. i'm gonna get julianne Moore. i'm gonna get this newcomer white boy rapper from boston to star <laughs> my fucking movie and i'm gonna be like Bam! And you're gonna be like, "What? Holy shit!" And you know all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, the way you just described it mm-hmm. is your nostalgic love for it speaking. Because I think like it, it, it's important to like cinema history that like they went like that he went for this and kind of shit. But like we've that. we've talked about movies that didn't still hold up that were still important. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. I, I'm saying that it's still important. Yeah, I can you... see that it's still a good film. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm on the fence. Okay. But it just doesn't hold the same weight that it did when it came out. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm not saying that it's not important, but I also am saying that like you couldn't show it to someone today. They'd be like, this is the best movie ever. Yeah, that, okay. I, I will, yeah, right. You're right. I will agree with that because of given the fact that like what we see now, it's just kind of like, this kind of pales in comparison to like shit that is easy accessible to like watch even mm-hmm. on. And remember, that's my perspective because y- yeah. I'm the newcomer. Yeah, that that makes sense. But to me, I think it still does hold up because, it, like I said, it kind of shows an error. Like the, the it, it it's the news and the history around it at that time that mm-hmm. still is important to be like, yeah, at the time Hollywood would just like, no, we don't want to, we don't want to make this movie. This movie's yeah. too fucking hardcore. Yeah, you know, like. So I think it, that's why I think it still holds up. I think it holds up as, as a, a bit of history. It's like that great piece of history. Of like okay, this. I that's why I think it's still. Besides, I still think the performance still holds up from like especially like Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I think it's like his performance is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um. And even though Mark Wahlberg was lacking experience, I think that really helped his character to be like, oh, this dude can like legit act like somebody who has lack of experience. <laughs> <laughs> you watch him now, you're like. All right, whatever. Like, no, you're not that good. <laughs> like, I haven't seen anything recent of Mark Wahlberg. I'm like, wow, that dude's a great actor. It's only like Boogie Nights. I'm like, that dude's a great actor. <laughs> but his lack of experience made him a great actor. I think now that I think about it, Mark Wahlberg is Keanu Reeves' Wario. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just like lacking that charm. <laughs> yeah, he's like an upside down. Yeah, well. On my on my end, he lacks charm, but he obviously he has something in Hollywood where he's still getting roles. He's getting produced. He's producing. He has production companies and stuff like that. So obviously, there's something. He's about a hard him. worker. Yeah, I'll definitely give him that. I mean, you know, he did uh, blind an Asian guy, so fuck him at the same time. Yeah. So, but that's you know, this is my personal opinion on the guy. Um. All right. Is there also, any- the restaurant sucks. His brother's oh, restaurant. Oh, the the. <laughs> The what's it called? Wahlburger. Wahlburgers. Yeah, whatever, dog. Uh, is there anything else? No. No. All right. That's it for our show. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us for this week's show. Uh, especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, you can find all your film news, TV news, and reviews on Your Entertainment Your Entertainment Corner That's where Kelsey writes. Um, you can find this podcast on all podcast catchers, you know, we're everywhere, whatever you're listening to us, that's where we're at <laughs> or anywhere else. Um, <laughs> so next week, uh, more than likely, we're going to change back to essentially just reviewing films that are easily accessible as in streaming wise. Um, we've been kind of like kind of. Playing fast and loose. Playing fast and loose by like going to watch this movie and go check this out. But like the Omicron variants getting it's it's still getting worse. Like I said, Kelsey and I got COVID. It's not fucking fun. So and just because you got it doesn't mean you can't get it again. Exactly, my despite kid, what popular belief. Exactly, my my kids my kids mother got it twice. Uh, my girlfriend's ex husband got it twice. Um, so it it can have. I definitely do not want to get that a second time. Like, fuck all that shit. Um, so with that, we are going to be reviewing... Our recent review is going to be The Tragedy of Macbeth, the Joe Cohen directed film. Uh, that's currently in theaters, but you folks can wait until it comes out on Apple TV on January 14th, which is this coming Friday. Um, Do you want to tell them what, uh, what I thought was a Shakespeare play? 
What which one? Hamilton. Kelsey and I were going through the list of like maybe we'll do like a Shakespeare with a Shakespeare story, blah 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 blah. She was like, What about Hamilton? <sighs> well, I didn't say what about Hamilton because I know that one's way too recent. Oh no, no, no. You said like you said like Hamlet or something like that, right? No, I said Hamilton. <sighs> I said isn't Hamilton a Shakespeare play? And you're like, no. That's Hamlet. <laughs> God, some some things I, that she says, I'm just like, fuck. I love it when she talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you're stupid. <laughs> no, it's just like, <laughs> it just makes me like, like close my eyes and be like, what the fuck? But I'm like, that's why, that's why we're. I'm, I'm, that's, the, I'm the Betty White character. <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, yeah, our geriatric cinematic is going to be 1957's Thorn of Blood. The Throne. Uh, sorry, Throne of Blood. The Akira, the Akira Kurosawa film. We keep going back to Akira, Akira Kurosawa because um, he makes great shit. I mean, fuck it. Yeah, know? that's why we chose it. So yeah, we're going to do Throne of Blood. Um, that is currently streaming on HBO Max. Uh, the Criterion Channel, or available to rent on Apple TV or Amazon Video. Uh, the topic for that week, uh, good news, you'll be king. Bad news, murder everyone. That's probably just good news, good news. Good news, good news? <laughs> yes. <sighs> if you... <laughs> to you, that's good news, good news. Yes. Why? Um... I don't know. I think I would be lonely after that. Oh, you think? <laughs> I don't know. It's good in theory. It's good in theory. You want to test that theory out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.